1: Yes, indeed, boys and girls. This is me and you are you. Welcome to the program where we can absolutely guarantee you 100% that you will not catch COVID-19, the coronavirus, by listening to our show and no one else can make that bold claim, folks. Today on the program, my guest is Krissa zendros Bryce, and she's an executive coach who will bring her knowledge to our show today. And also, I'll have a leadership and business podcast lesson coming up just for you. That's all today on Better Than Before, brought to you by University Subaru. From here, been here, always will be here. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. The three-row Subaru Ascent.
0: Room for up to eight passengers. Standard EyeSight driver assist technology. Standard symmetrical all-wheel drive plus up to 27 miles per gallon. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted and best overall brand for 2020. The three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Are you working twice as hard but and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards. Krissa Zendros-Boyce is my special guest today, and she brings over a decade of management and executive-level leadership to the Handle Group. Throughout her entire career, she's worked alongside C-level executives, building brands, and creating numerous businesses, driving initiatives that have positively impacted sales, profit, and employee retention for large and small companies. She served as director and vice president for many notable brands and Chris has been responsible for spearheading the launch of various divisions and managing national teams of 20-plus people. Her responsibilities have spanned marketing strategy, project management, talent development, creative direction, and consumer experience. In 2008, she came to Handle Group to further hone her leadership skills, and after a few sessions with her coach, she realized that she had a longing to help people succeed in life and in business. Quickly thereafter, she decided to be become trained in the handle method, and she's been teaching individuals how to integrate this method into their lives. She leads workshops and corporate retreats, works privately with individuals and teams. Her firsthand understanding of organizational structures, the breadth of her leadership experience, and her innate creativity make her a dynamic and insightful coach. In her practice, she's helped many business leaders, entrepreneurs, and corporate executives build their careers, enhance their results improve communication, better manage your time, and transform personal and professional relationships. She's originally from Connecticut, but she now lives in Manhattan with her husband, and she's an avid traveler and reader. She's currently working on her first book and the renovation of a townhouse on the Upper West Side, and it's my extreme pleasure to welcome Krissa Zendros-Boyce to our program today. Krissa, how you doing?
2: I'm well. Thank you for having me today.
1: Wonderful. So uh, we had a nice conversation before we went on the air here about what what all did you bake this weekend?
2: Oh, let's see. I made apple cake. I made pumpkin bread and pancakes and waffle. Oh, wow. And this was all to avoid having to sleep leaves
1: outside. <laughs> so the leaves started falling from the trees and that brought on this urge to bake for Krista this weekend. So she's telling me about baking. I'm getting hungry. So I'm like, we better do this interview here. So, Hey, listen, what this, this uh, experience here that made you want to start coaching executives, what was it about that, that, that caused you to want to go down that path?
2: So I never expected to become a coach. This was not a dream of mine or a career path I, I had ever entertained. But when I, First, I started growing in my leadership, and I've told this story a few times. So, uh, when I first started growing in my leadership, I realized that even though I was really good at my job, I didn't quite know how to lead. I knew how to get along with people, but I didn't know how to develop people. I knew how to make friends, but I didn't know how to gain respect. Hmm. And so, when I came to coaching, I came because I was failing. I really had hit an inflection point where the decision was maybe I should just leave my job. And a friend of mine, really, truly twisted my arm to get me into coaching. And when I finally got a coach, I realized how useful having somebody guide you and give you insight into your personality and teach you hard and soft skills could be. And after that experience, I was really left with like, wow, somebody does this for a living. Like, you know, oh my God, this is so great. People can actually contribute to humanity in this way. And that really inspired me. And if I'm truly honest about it, got me connected to some of the things I really cared about when I was a kid, like making a difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because what I was doing in my day job at that point, as I like to say, was selling sweaters. So I worked in retail and I did marketing and branding for retail companies. And I was really sort of um, divorced from that big desire of mine to help people. So it was really through my own coaching process that I, you know, decided, wow, this would be a really rewarding career to have.
1: I know you're at the top of your field now, but how long did it take you to find a good rhythm in your coaching?
2: So with Handel Group, the company that I work for, we offer a training program. So unlike other coaching firms uh, or even sort of the general path people take to become a coach, which is usually some you know, national accreditation or some online coaching program. For Handel Group, we go through a two-year process to become a coach. And it's very guided. There's a lot of support. The first thing we do is basically learn how to coach ourselves and go through the entire process as a client, so working on every area of our life.
1: That's interesting.
2: And then we're able to become an apprentice of sorts and take on clients who are uh, people that we usually coach in universities. So one of the things that we do at Handel Group is we have an education division. And in that division, we go into schools across the US and also internationally. Um, Some really well-known ones like Harvard and Yale, and MIT. And the students who take those courses end up getting coached by a coach in training. And it's a gift we give to the students. And it's also the opportunity for the coach to learn how to coach. So I had a lot of handholding in the beginning. But the truth is, um, it really does take a couple of years to really hone your own style, mm-hmm. and also work with a variety of people so that you know how to be fast on your feet, and that you can also develop your listening skills.
1: You bet. Because, you know, coaching uh, various types of behavioral uh, things in people, you know, there's always a first, right? I mean, when you coach people, there's always like you can coach people. I've coached people for 15 years and every now and then it's like, well, that was a first, you know, you you get first in that. So how tell me a little bit about the Handel method.
2: Sure. And then I just want to say, I know exactly what you mean about there's like the first and I had the first uh, a couple of months ago, even though I've been a coach for almost 10 years now, I really was like, wow, I've never experienced that before. Yeah. So it does and it's actually what it means is that we're, we're continuing to grow and learn. So it's actually a valuable experience. And it's important to have new first. You bet so the handel group so the handel group was founded uh, by two sisters so we are a woman-owned company which is very cool
1: That's wonderful. Uh, we also
2: happen to be predominantly uh women um based so most of our coaches are women most of our executives are women which makes it really cool and the method was actually developed at mit Uh, Although there was, you know, some shell of a method before, we really codified it at MIT with a bunch of engineering and math students poking holes at this process. So what I like to tell people about the Handel method is that it's very holistic. So prior to me coming here, I did do a couple of other coaching courses and I did self-development for about a year. And when I came to Handel Group, what I really fell in love with was the fact that we are not your standard stuffy corporate consulting firm or your very woo life coaching company we are very uh candid a little bit edgy a little bit in your face but also very very thorough so what i mean by thorough is that we really do have a principle and a process to take people through any part of their life or any pain point that they're experiencing which is different for Coaching company, most coaching companies um, that I experienced, at least when I was training or thinking about training, really lived in a lot of the goal setting world and what to do in terms of like defining your goals and thinking about your dreams and how do you, you know, make a plan to get there. And we do a lot of that, but then we also work with clients on deeper levels like how can they elevate their personality, how can they unravel things that have happened to them in the past and stop bad patterns. So we really go deep. So I like to say it's very holistic.
1: What's the most common pain point?
2: Oh, it depends on what the client is coming to coaching for. But universally, I would say is that many people don't know what their personality can do. Mm. So what I like to teach people is that your personality, and there's elements to all of our personalities, and there's positive sides to it and negative sides. And then there's also the parts of our personality that are somewhat neutral, right? They're kind of like they don't do good or bad for us. but Regardless of which trait we're looking at, each of our personality traits have an impact on other people. It does cause people to feel a certain way. So, you know, one of my positive personality traits is that I can be very creative, as indicated by the fact that I avoided sweeping leaves this weekend by baking. I'm very <laughs> creative. <laughs> um, so creativity, if I'm interfacing with somebody via creativity that has an impact, it makes them feel a certain way. And the way that that trait makes somebody feel is the reputation I have with them. It's this. It's similar on the negative side. So I also have a very flattering trait that's called defensiveness. And the way that that trait makes somebody feel is my reputation with them. And what ends up happening for people, even if it's not in the context of an organization, because most of my coaching is done with in the world of like, corporate coaching and or executive coaching, but even if we're looking at it from the context of two partners in an interpersonal relationship or a parent and a child, most people aren't on the receiving end of their personality. They're really living in the intention of their personality. So for example, when I get defensive, I'm not trying to alienate anybody. I'm really just trying to show somebody how upset I am or how much they hurt me. What the impact is on the other side is I scare people because I can Mm. be pretty, let's just say, not nice. Uh, Many four-letter words come out of my mouth. Uh, So it's not pleasant, right? And so it scares people. And so then the impact and and the reputation I have with people is that I'm scary and you shouldn't upset me and don't say anything to me that's going to rub me the wrong way. And because I don't live on the receiving end of that, I don't know that. And so most of us walk around with, relationships where something is off that we're not quite sure what happened, but it's because of our personality. So when we work with clients, we deeply go into getting them to understand their personality. And this is where I believe the most profound work happens with people.
1: You know, um, one thing too, that I see quite frequently in my clients is that um, something that works to their advantage, it's a positive behavioral trait that they have that usually has a positive impact on people, but perhaps they take it just a little too far, like they extend it out just a little too much and it actually flips it on its head and it becomes a negative Uh, Um, maybe they're pretty funny, right? And so they tell a joke and it goes over well, they tell another joke and it goes over well, and that's probably where they should quit. But then they push it one more and, and then people are starting to think to themselves, when is this person going to shut up? Right. And, and so have you seen that?
2: Yes. I mostly see it, uh, in the context of people being nice. So, people, uh, you know, the most common way we refer to this is people pleasing, but then also people, you know, avoiding conflict or not wanting to rock the boat. So, people will say things like, oh, I'm just easygoing. It's not a big deal. Like, that's not a problem to me. And then they will okay or yes things that they don't really mean yes to, but it's not that big of a deal. And then their kindness actually creates a problem because then people don't respect their boundaries. On the other side, it's people-pleasing where people will say okay to things or just be what we call fake nice. And then we have these relationships where they're not super connected because they were just being pleasant. They were being polite. You know, they didn't want to offend or hurt anybody's feelings, but then they don't have these authentic connections. So I I do see it in that context.
1: Agreeing to things they don't really want to do, right?
2: Yeah, it's amazing that we humans do that.
1: (laughs) Tell me about one of your biggest success stories with a client.
2: So for this one, I will reference something very early on in my coach um, training, and so I wasn't fully committed to becoming a coach. In fact, when I first started to train to be a coach, I really did think it it would help me in my career in retail slash fashion, and I figured if I if I had all these soft skills, I would just be you know a rocking leader. And as I mentioned earlier the coaches and trainings have an apprenticeship. And I was doing mine with a couple of students from Columbia. And one of my students in particular uh, was really, really unhappy with her major. So her entire family, um, they were all doctors, doctors of all sorts, but all doctors. And she was going to Columbia to be a doctor. And she hated it. She didn't want to do it. And one of the first conversations we had was how much she dreaded going to classes, how much she just didn't want to do this. And she would fantasize about dropping out or failing so that she can just get away with not having to be a doctor. So long story short, we worked together for about three months or so. And by the end of the three months, I got her to have a conversation with her parents and to tell them the truth that she didn't want to be a doctor, that in fact she wanted to be an author and she wanted to write beautiful fiction, fictional stories. And she was nervous as hell to go have the conversation, but she did and her parents were fully supportive in fact she you know didn't even realize that they didn't really want her to be a doctor she just had gone along with everyone's a doctor and she had seemed to agreed to agree as we were just talking she was playing fake nice Mm. and uh her parents were like okay you don't have to be a doctor and it freed her up completely so this you know moment for me was a moment where i was like wow i made a big impact in someone's life by helping them have this conversation, and even nudging them to have this conversation because she was terrified to go do it. Uh, Understandably so, because her parents were, were, were people she admired. And also, they were big shoes to fill. And so that moment for me was really a come to Jesus moment, if you will, where I was just like, wow, I can really support people to have their dreams. This is a great thing that I can do in my life. And I can do this as a career. So that was really inspiring.
1: This stuff is working, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I was like, wow, that worked. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, and if you do coaching, you know this because you get really invested in your clients' lives.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and then I was like on cloud nine that day, and so happy for her and proud. And so I think there's also that component too where you really do go on the ride with your clients. You really take the highs when they, you know, have their accomplishments and celebrations and you do go on the lows when they have their failures and their missteps. And for me, you know, being able to be there for somebody and support them no matter what is Something that I just enjoy doing and it's a privilege to be able to do it.
1: I don't know if I ever get as low as they do when there's a disappointment, but I definitely celebrate more than they do, probably.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to celebrate I mean, more. I'm just, oh, I'm
1: that. excited for them. I mean super yeah. excited for them. Now let's go the other way. What about one of the most difficult assignments you've had and how'd you work your way through that?
2: Uh okay, so I'm gonna expose myself a little bit in this example. So when I first became a coach, I received a client and this client happened to be very successful. He was a CEO of a really big company and, you know, he'd written a couple of books and he was that guy, Uh, had a private plane, like that kind of guy. And I remember getting the assignment and reading his bio. And my first thought was like, I can't coach this guy. And I went very deeply and quickly into, I'm not smart enough. To coach this guy, which, you know, for anyone who does coaching or, you know, really understands themselves or has some therapy in any way, gets that that's a limiting belief that I had. And we can talk all about it um, ad nauseum for why I had it, but I had that belief. And my immediate instinct was to call my boss and say, you know what, I think you set me up with the wrong client. And, you know, true to form, my boss was like, I don't have time to deal with you, figure it out. Like this is your client. And she really wasn't going to give me the time of day because she wasn't going to entertain my, you know, limited belief.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, Yeah. She really was like, I can't be bothered. with I'm not
1: embracing that negative thought process.
2: Yes, exactly. And so I fought her on it. I was like, you're making a bad business decision. I've never been at the time. I'd never been a C-suite person. So I didn't, I was like, why would I coach this person? I had a list of reasons why, you know, not me. And um, anyways, she was like, you need to do it. And if you don't want to do it, then we should talk about your employment. And she was, you know, being stern on purpose. She was actually being very tongue in cheek, but she was making me deal. And so I go to the call with this client and I realized I have to figure out a way to be effective. And the way I, be, I became effective and how I you know, coached myself into it was deciding that I knew that I could add value to this client no matter what. And even if you know, he was quote unquote smarter, whatever that actually meant, uh, I can still support him. And it turned out that he had no people skills. And I happen to have a lot of them and our relationship was really me teaching him people skills, but because he was so abrasive, I really had to stand in the, you know, I'm going to redirect you. I'm not going to take you pushing me or bullying me. I'm going to stand my ground. And it was very challenging to do because I was already sort of feeling intimidated by coaching him and then having to stand my ground and really step to the plate with him was a really hard task, but it made me a stronger coach. Uh, he coached with me for two years, and it turns out, by the way, that he also didn't believe he was smart enough either. Which I was fascinated by that realization.
1: Wow. Well, you you don't know what the you don't know what the um, the participant is thinking for a while, you know. Yeah. And so there's always a revelation in there where it's like, wow, just a wonderful story. Do you have any particular uh, area you feel you do your best work in, or do you like to work with any particular uh, position or people, or?
2: Um. So, in terms of like pain points, I like to work with people and figuring out how to manage time. It's an area that I had to work really hard in, and um, I've mastered it. So I'm really proud of myself. But once upon a time, I really was a train wreck.
1: Congratulations.
2: <laughs> so. You know, um, I can really say, though, like, I can do this so I can teach it uh, in this particular area. I also really love working with women in leadership. I was a young leader. I was an executive before 30 and in a male-dominated sort of scene. And so I really had to learn how to navigate that space. And women in particular have a lot of challenges in the workplace for a plethora of reasons. So women in leadership is another sweet spot of mine. But the place I really love to play is in companies that are starting up and growing and scaling. It really is where I kind of bridge together or marry together my business expertise, which is in scaling brands and creating divisions and figuring out how to uh, build a company and coaching. So I like to marry those two things together. It's really sort of my happy place. So I can do a little bit. Uh, more business consulting and use that sort of part of my brain plus the personal coaching or the interpersonal coaching where we get to develop people as humans.
1: I, I think that world is changing too, and it's, it's about time. Um, I think Union Pacific, if I'm, I think I'm right, Union Pacific Railroad just named their new CEO, which is a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's very, very impressive. I know, uh, Mary Barra, who's the CEO of general motors. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, I, I just, uh, I, Meg Whitman, uh, Carly Fiorina, just so many, uh, just outstanding CEOs, uh, in the past. And I, I think there's only going to be more in the future, at least I hope so. Um, so how would you describe your style?
2: I mentioned in the bio that you read that I'm pretty creative and intuitive. So one of the things that is true for me is I I absolutely lean into my ability to see the big picture and then also the fact that I'm a very big empath. And so I really, I've always been this way. I really was the little kid who sat in the corner in the kitchen while her parents, friends were, you know, sitting there having wine or coffee and assessing the grownups and then Going to my mom and saying why is so and so upset about this, or I think this person has its problem. And my mom would always be surprised that I could even process that as like a six-year-old. So I very have that deep empathy. Uh, So I bring that to my coaching, which means I'm a really good listener and can really see through people's challenges rather quickly. Uh, So those are probably the two biggest kind of strong suits. On the other side of things, I use humor quite a bit, and I like to make myself the butt of the joke. So people can learn through experience and feel more comfortable sharing a successful coach really knows how to relate to people and meet people where they are and not make it about their own process. So for me, I really go into every coaching engagement, like not sure what we're going to get, not sure where we're going to go and let the client guide. That doesn't mean I don't have a plan or a strategy in the background, but I, I do know that I have to walk with the client and not push them or pull them in any direction.
1: So are you more hands-on or do you, do you keep a, a safe distance or how do you, uh, how do you sort of approach that then?
2: Oh, I annoy my clients. I text them all the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, how is this going? Did you do this yet? I really will take on that role. And, and not always. I, I know when clients need that nudge and I know when clients you know want it. So well, I, You
1: sound I, like, I like me. You sound exactly like me. Do I? Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How so?
1: I'll just, I'll text and call and email and send a carrier pigeon sometimes, but they're going to hear from me, you know? Yes. Yeah. How's the project going? How's your reading assignment going? Are you learning anything? What's new this week? I mean, there's no, there's no end to what I will ask in a week's time.
2: Yeah. I really don't think of coaching as transactional anyway. I don't think about it as like, we're doing a session this week. Here's right. your homework for you next week. I really think about it as like a relationship. It is. And, uh, you know, people need different support at different times. And some clients love the one on one. Other clients are like, please don't send me text messages. <laughs> Leave me alone until I, you know, call you. Uh, but I really do try to anticipate people's needs and lean in where it makes sense.
1: Well, and they, they, they call and text me too. Um, different, you know, could be like at 10 o'clock at night. Hey, I just had an idea and I want to know what you think about it. Or can you take a call first thing in the morning or something like that? And that's all perfectly fine because I'm there for them. Right. How many, how how many coaches in the Handel
2: group? So I might get the number wrong. Um, Overall the company, we have about 70 employees and that includes support staff with coaches. uh, I want to say we have about 20 coaches and this includes coaches who are newly graduated and more senior. Many of the coaches at the company also have other functions, so especially the more senior coaches, uh, they tend to do some business driving um, responsibility as well.
1: So have you found your thing now for the rest of your career?
2: I think so, yes. Um, I can't imagine going back to corporate America in the way that I was in it before, and I enjoy coaching. It is my happy place i also love doing things like this podcast and also speaking to broader audiences about different topics and um really sharing tips and techniques with people to elevate their careers also recently i was named chief strategy officer for handout group so i officially am also back in the world of building a business
1: congratulations
2: thank you so i am really in my happy spot at the moment, right? So I spend my mornings doing strategy and meetings and thinking about ideas and mobilizing a team and then my afternoons coaching people, Uh, so.
1: That's fantastic. Congratulations, Krissa. We're visiting with Krissa Zendros-Boyce and uh, we're gonna give you information on how you can find out more about her. She's got a program that you can sign up for and some other great stuff. But first, Krissa, we have a list of 12 closing questions that we ask every guest who comes on the program. Are you ready?
2: Let's do it.
1: All right. What is the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you?
2: Uh, Eating ice cream with my dad.
1: What flavor was it? Vanilla. Who's the number one hero in your life?
2: You know, I'm going to say my husband. He's had a lot of um, balls thrown his way, and he's done a beautiful job at keeping his head above water.
1: What's the top value you subscribe to? Authenticity. Who's the most important person in your life?
2: I'm going to say myself. Learning how to prioritize taking care of me was a journey. So ensuring that I do that is really important.
1: I love that. I, I love that answer. What's your favorite thing?
2: Coffee and tequila.
1: <laughs> Together or?
2: <laughs> separately. Separately. <you> know. <laughs> yeah,
1: at, at each at their own appropriate time.
2: Exactly. I mean, sometimes mornings need tequila too, but no.
1: What's your favorite food?
2: Oh my Lord, I'm a foodie. So everything I, you know, the one thing is I don't eat meat. So anything that's not a land animal, other than that, bring it on.
1: All right. Most beautiful place you've ever been to? Maui. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Happiness. How do you want to be remembered?
2: For making a positive impact on the world.
1: If you could go back and give some advice for a younger Chrissa, what would the advice be?
2: Oh my Lord, take more risks. I'm such a chicken. I hate failing, messing up, making mistakes. So I played it small for a long time. So take more risks and have more fun.
1: What's your favorite sound?
2: I love jazz. So I'm going to say the saxophone or the trumpet.
1: And finally, what's the best lesson you've learned?
2: I'm going to repeat this, but take more risks. It's really not that bad if you fail.
1: All right, Krista, listen, tell everybody how they can find out more about you and and sign up for your program.
2: Yes. So I personally love to hear from people that listen to podcasts. So if anybody wants to reach out to me directly, I really do like getting the feedback. So I'm inviting anyone who wants to just say hello or give feedback to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn at Krista Zindra's Voice. You can also find me on Instagram um, at the same handle, Krista's Indra's Voice. If you want to reach, to reach out to me directly, it's Chrissa at handelgroup.com. And again, I'm really happy to hear from people. And some people have actually taken me up on this offer and I really appreciated it. So please let me know if you want to chat. The other piece of it is if anyone's listening and is interested in coaching or has heard of Handel Group in the past and maybe wants to dip a toe into our method and the approach, up- approach and process that we use to coach people. One of the things I do invite you to do is check out Interview. So Interview is a program we created when we really got clear that there can be so many barriers to entry with coaching. And the biggest barrier is that it's very expensive and takes a lot of time. And so we created this very holistic uh, coaching program that's digital. You can do it at your own time and it comes with, with a bunch of perks. If you do get the program, like master classes and a personal coaching session for free. And um, so, if you're interested in deep diving into doing the Handel method, I recommend Inner you. There are three different products um, for Inner U there's your life, there's love, and then there's career. If you're interested in upgrading your career, absolutely get the career program. And for this particular podcast, we're offering a discount on the career program. So 50% off for anyone who uses the code and will provide the code in the notes of this podcast.
1: And you have no excuse. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> to, yeah, exactly.
1: To not take advantage of this great offer.
2: Yeah, especially in this time when the world is changing so much and everyone is having to pivot. And, you know, we don't know when we're all going back to offices and people have new demands, I think it's important to use it as self-reflection.
1: I couldn't agree more. Well, Krissa, listen, thanks for being a great friend. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on the program today and you're just delightful. And um, I can't wait to maybe do it again sometime.
2: Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun.
1: Krissa Zendros-Boyce, everybody. Make sure you go by the website, contact Krissa, and take advantage of that interview offer. This is Tony Richards. I'll be back with more on Better Than Before right after this. The three row Subaru Ascent. Room for up to eight passengers. Standard
0: eyesight driver assist technology. Standard symmetrical all wheel drive plus up to 27 miles per gallon. Coming from Kelly Blue Book's most trusted and best overall brand for 2020 the three-row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. See dealer for details. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
1: Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, and I want to talk to you about how pain can help or pain can hinder your growth. We have to embrace pain and burn it as fuel for our journey. Kenji Mirazawa. And pain is no evil unless it conquers us. Charles Kingsley. A couple of great quotes to start out this particular leadership and business lesson. What pain means is you've reached a limit. If it's a physical pain, it means to stop and see a doctor or get yourself checked out. Maybe you need a physical therapist or some kind of therapeutic answer. If it's a growth pain, that means it's emotional or psychological. It sort of means the same thing. It means you've reached a limit. The difference is you've got to push forward and push the limit back to cause the pain to retreat. You know, David Allen Coe once said in a song, and I couldn't agree more, if you're big star bound, let me warn you, it's a long, hard ride. And Sean Connery in The Untouchables said, what are you prepared to do? So let me ask you this, a couple of questions for you here as far as, are you willing and ready to become a superior level performer? Are you willing to read three times as much as you do today? Are you willing to embrace conflict and have tough conversations? Are you willing to tackle challenges no one else wants to touch? Are you willing to sacrifice short-term for a larger gain in the long-term? Your answers to these four particular questions could be the answer on whether or not you're ready to become a superior-level performer because superior-level performers all answered yes to those questions at some point. So there's a big difference between healthy pressure and stress. Healthy pressure is usually applied to ourselves when we want to grow intentionally or reach a new desired goal. We push ourselves to achievement. Stress is usually created by outside forces which have come to control us emotionally and mentally rather than us controlling them unhealthy stress typically exists when we mentally apply a mental or emotionally negative meaning to an existing factual event or situation three more questions for you how do you handle criticism how do you handle fear how do you handle failure most of our lives we've been taught to alleviate pain as soon as possible do whatever we need to do to get it to stop And our brains have been taught that pain is a danger signal and we need to get it to stop or cover it up as soon as possible. Our fight or flight reactions kick in. We either lash out at those things or people which have caused us pain or we tend to run or get away from it quickly. When we encounter this in our professional lives, as far as growth opportunities are concerned, we either find ways to discredit it, discount it, or avoid it. That way, we find ways around our barriers when we encounter them, and as a result, we make little to no progress. Personal and professional growth is the result of a process adapting to encountering our limits and barriers. When we hit that pain barrier, we're facing an important place in our decision-making process. Will we push forward into the uncomfortable, unknown areas we are encountering? Or will we drop back into the safety of our known familiar comfort zone? If we push forward, we push that pain limitation and pain line back and create new space for ourselves. If we drop back into the safety of our known familiar comfort zone, that pain line and that pain barrier stays right where we left it until we get up the courage to face it again. Well, that's our show today. Better than before is brought to you by University Subaru. From Here, Been Here, Always Will Be Here, University Subaru, Homegrown and Proud of It. You can sign up for our Monday Morning Memo. It's easy. Just go to our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. It's right on the front page. We just need your name and your email address, and you're set to receive our big ideas, an article, and a key question for you every single Monday in your inbox with the Monday Morning Memo. Also, in our resources section of our website, you can now download chapter one of both of my books right now for free as a sampler just to check out my writing. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards 4 and you can follow our company at ClearVisionDEV. On behalf of our associate producer, Whitney Coker, and chief producer, William Foster, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better.